This is DWZ Podcast here with J-Rod here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So, welcome back, folks, to another uh, DWZ Podcast for everybody. I'm sorry I did not do this this past Monday, so today is Wednesday, I believe it's March uh, 16th, uh, reason that happened was because I got uh, some other things I was mostly taken care of and all this, but um, right now, I'm currently on debate whether to move my, bro- um, doing the podcast broadcasting for everyone, possibly on Wednesdays, um, it's still un- uh, debatable, but if I don't do it this coming Monday, then I will probably b- do it next week on Wednesday. Uh, I'm just not sure yet. It's still unclear for me. But uh, let's talk about some news updates here that I want to put up first. Um, two things that took place this past Monday on the 14th of March. The first one is, of course, the passing of WWE Hall of Famer and legend. We're talking about the bad guy, Razor Ramon, also known as Scott Hall, you know, uh, you've heard that he passed away. Uh, This is what I was hearing about, that there was complications during a hip surgery, and he suffered three heart attacks, which is not good. And, of course, they put him in life support, and that kind of, um, how do I say this, was a very difficult task, you know how that is. Like there are moments where doctors will say to the family that they have to make the most difficult decision in their lives. I mean, look, I understand they want to have hope that he'll pull through. I understand that too, but the the problem is we need we all as human beings need to ask: Is this is what our loved ones want to remain on life support? I that's the thing that we don't know but right now I here in DWZ I want to pay my condolences and prayers to Scott Hall's friends and family I uh, hope they'll find peace in um, dealing with this grief but that's not what really also happened on that particular day as you know as well Biggie broke his neck during a um, of course a match against Rich Holland uh, but first thing to get that out of the way, I feel bad for Rich Holland for what's going to happen because if you guys don't know what I'm referring to, Rich Holland will be painted as the villain and the criminal in this storyline. Like, it's not really a, like a, a real sto- a story. Basically, that's the way it is. Like, if you want a prime example, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Several years ago, before Rey Mysterio made his uh, comeback to uh, WWE, he was involved in a match here in Tijuana, Mexico, right across from San Diego, where he was in a match again with teaming with um, I forgot who he was teaming with, but he was facing against Suicide and um, what's his name? And Pedro Guayo uh, Jr. Now, what happened is Pedro Guayo made a move that he did, that he messed up, and Rey Mysterio tried to apply the six one nine, but it kind of went. On a botch, and and from that moment, that's when people starting to see that that something went wrong with Pedro Aguayo, and Rey Mysterio was in fa- 
in fact, being called a dog killer. Because if you guys know, Pedro means dog in Spanish. And Ray was at fault for this. Now, uh, Pedro Guayo's family, especially his father, he never, how do I say, put him at fault for what happened to his son. Basically, when it comes to wrestling, we know that there's risk involved. And I'm sure Biggie felt the same way. But as for Biggie, we all know he's in good spirits. But uh, he probably will be out of action for a year. But I'm, I'm sure some of you out there who are listening are probably say, I'm not going to like this. Because I cannot say I believe that just yet. I need to Someone needs to say it if it's true or not. Or... I'd rather hear it from Big E. There, those are saying now that this is the end of Big E's career. And I know some of you are going to scream, Bullshit! 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 You're going to say that. I respect that. But the reason I, I believe that is because we don't know. Look, we've seen wrestlers that got themselves injured and they made a huge comeback. You got Kurt Angle who said he uh, won an Olympic gold medal with a broken neck. <laughs> all of that but the thing is do we really think it's his career it's over I mean we've seen that with with Brian Danielson he we thought that his career was was being told it was over but of course WWE doctors who we all know is a bunch of scumbags are in fact so that kind of puts us in that predicament so hope Biggie gets fully recovered but the obvious question for him to return to the ring that is still an open question and in the open air. Now, the next update I want to give out, as you may have heard, Candice LeRae, there's been reports surfacing that her contract with WWE will be expiring soon in this spring. Now, we haven't seen Candice for a while now. As you all know, Candice LeRae, before she left, uh, was out. She, in fact, uh, announced to the world that she was pregnant. Um, she was pregnant with a son with her husband, Johnny Gargano. Uh, this past February, um, she they revealed that they gave birth to a healthy boy. And, of course, many of us are very happy for them. And as you know, jo her husband, Johnny Gargano, is a free agent. We haven't seen him yet. But I am right now, as a human being, I like to say that right now Johnny is taking care of his wife, uh, being there for his son. You know, any man who wants to be a dad, that's one of their biggest treasures in the world and I think that's something but as for Candace what do I think um, right now I feel that she may not be returning to the ring just yet I believe she wants to enjoy motherhood uh, give her full attention to her son and I feel that's what it's going to take place right now but are there any indications for her to return to the ring I don't know but if she does I'll be happy to hear from her and happy to see her again but the real question remains where will she go next? Well, we'll see where that goes. Now, for the last update news, uh, for all you Yoshi fans out there, you probably heard or may not, uh, Ice Ribbon star Tsukasa Fujimoto has announced through her social media this past um, yesterday on Tuesday in Japan time that she just got married. So congratulations, uh, Fujimoto. We're really happy for you. Now, some of you are saying this if you're fans of the Ice Ribbon show. You probably say, why do we not know about this? Well, if you guys may or may not aware, not a lot of this is out in public with the fan base. They normally keep this private. Now, I, I wasn't sure if Fujimoto was married or she had 
or she was in a relationship. However, it was later revealed that she was in a relationship start that started late 2020. Uh, it's still unclear to me uh, when was the decision was made to get married. So that kind of is still an open question. I don't know who her husband is, but <laughs> I have to say maybe he, I would like to say that that guy is, must be one lucky man to marry a one talented wrestler. If you guys know uh, Sakusa Fujimoto, she is in fact one of Emi Sakura's uh, students while she was still in Ice Ribbon. So congratulations, um, of Tsukasa Fujimoto, and hope you enjoy the married life. Now, let's get back into business, what we need to talk about. As you heard a couple weeks ago, right in No Surrender, Bullet Club betrayed Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and now Yado. How did this whole thing begin? Well, this is how it happened. In No Surrender, the G.O.D. were on the verge of becoming the IW, the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. However, Jay White took an opportunity and did the Blade Runner onto Tamatanga, costing them their titles. Now, the bigger question does remain by many fans. What did the other members of the Bullet Club think? Now, this is what happened. Yado, who was still in Japan, was asking Kevin Kelly, what is going on? What am I hearing that he, they're out? Now, Kevin Kelly was asking the same questions, but he asked him, have you talked to Tamatanga? So, it's still unclear. But Yado, I mean, Yegedo, who is Yado's tag team partner, told him that they need to take a side. That the orders came from Jay White. So it was still unclear whose side was taking who. But this is where it now becomes clear. This happened uh, not too long ago. Like a few days ago or so. Tamatanga received the bye. And he actually was in the New Japan Cup second round. His opponent was none other than Evil. And, of course, Tangalo was in it, but he lost to, uh, I forgot who it was, but it, I think the Shingo. But, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, when we thought that everything was going great, um, El Phantasmo and Taiji Shimuri helped out, but they attacked Tamatanga. Then Yado came for the save, and then Chase Owens attacked them. And then we thought the same thing. We were thinking, what would Fale think? If you guys know this or not, Fale is one of the four members, four original members of a Bullet Club, along with Tama, Carl uh, Anderson, and Prince Devitt, who we all know as Finn Balor. But not only that, Fale is the real-life cousin of Tama Tonga. If you guys know this, Tama and Fale are... And they, when they first met each other, they were Tongans. But what they didn't realize when they first met, that they came from the, that their family came from the same Tongan village. There were photos of them that they posted on MySpace, and that's when the members are saying, "Wait a minute, we know that guy." So it kind of became clear that, as you know, uh, Fale was raised in New Zealand and Tama here in the states. But the real question remains: Who will Fale's side? And it show, showed already he sides with Jay White. So he turned his back on his own flesh and blood. 
even Tama was hurt. He can't believe that his own family will turn. Right now, the bigger question to me is Hikuleo. It's still unclear what Hikuleo would think because he is the younger brother of Tama and Tanga, the youngest. Even though he's big, but I still don't know what it is. But now your questions, why did Jay White do this? There were certain things I have to say Tama was right. Jay White turned down the New Japan Cup. He turned down the G1 Climax. You're supposed to be the leader of one of the most dominant factions in all of New Japan. Where were you, Jay? You're out here doing your US of a J, but you're not being a leader. And now you're giving orders from a far distance? Because here's the thing. I look at Tamatanga as the heart and soul of Bullet Club. Now, some of you probably would ask me, why do I think that? Tama didn't care for anything but Bullet Club. Now, let's talk about that a little bit. What do I mean by that? Let's go back to 2018. If you guys remember, there was a bit of a heated rivalry between Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. They were bickering and arguing who is the damn leader of Bullet Club. Their those are saying that Kenny was the weakest leader. Tama Tonga, Tongaloa, along with their dad, Hikuleo, made their decision on that very same year in San Francisco. They attacked the elite. Now, when Yujiro and Chase were trying to play Peacemaker, they attacked him too. But Tama Tonga forgave him. And he was the last person he should have known. He felt that it's... But that's what happened. Tama it was more concerned of the well-being and and everything with Bullet Club. And he made Jay White who he was. But over time, when we have seen many times over when it comes to leadership in, um, in Bullet Club, leaders change. We saw Prince David, AJ Styles... Kenny, but Jay White was that one person that people were being called into question. So the real question was, was he out of his game? Was he out of his league? Who knows? But it was unclear. But it looks like Jay White just made what he calls an executive decision. And he kicks out not only the G.O.D., he decides to bring back the, the good brothers, both Doc and... Gallows and Carl Anderson, who Tama Tonga considers them traitors because they left. You know, like the saying, you left with, from Bullet Club, you'll be leaving in a body bag. And I don't think he got that chance. And that kind of puts it in a predicament where, okay, I get it. That's what happened. But now what's going to happen to Tama? I know he definitely wants his revenge against Bullet Club, but to me, it's only just him, Tangaloa, and Yado. It's only three of them versus who many, how many of them of there. But I know many fans, like yourselves, are questioning, will Tama Tonga join a faction or the obvious, which is form a new one? I mean, I don't know if there's anybody who's willing to join Tama Tonga or if there's any faction. But if there is a faction that wants to recruit him, there's only two I can definitely think of that would definitely would take him in. But the real question is, will they let it happen? Now, which ones would that be? One is Suzuki Goon. Now, I would I'm all for Suzuki Goon. Trust me. But the next one will be, of course, uh possibly 
uh, the United Empire. That's up to them. I Hopefully, one of those two may be the right ones. If not, then I hope Tamatanga form a new faction, and hopefully he brings something new to the table. Uh, but Bullet Club will have their day, and there's nothing they can do to stop that. But that's pretty much it, what we got with the Bullet Club story. Now, as you may have heard, uh, mentioned this the last time, Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor. Now, a lot of plans are being set about Ring of Honor. They are going to relaunch exactly on schedule on April for, on April during WrestleMania week for the Super Card of Honor. Now, some of you are saying, what the fuck is the Super Card of Honor? This is their version of WrestleMania. And it happens on WrestleMania week. Now, this is what I have been hearing recently when it comes to Ring of Honor. Uh, they were planning to bring back the championships like the World, uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship, the Women's Championship, and the Tag Team. There were talks about trying to end the Pure Championship and the Six Man Championship. It's still unclear, but uh, hopefully Tony Khan can come up with something good. However, there is the one match that many fans are that's been open. We're talking about. The two ROH World Champions, we're talking about um, Jonathan Gresham and Bandito. If you recall, during Final Battle, um, Bandito was unable to compete to put that title on the line due to COVID. But they decided to bring back the original Ring of Honor Championship. That title's been defended many times over by Jonathan Gresham. So that kind of puts it in a predicament, and I can't wait to see that. Now, others are out there saying, will Tony Khan, um, how do I say, bring back the wrestlers that were part of Ring of Honor? I mean, I would say it would be, but there's talks recently that I've been hearing. Uh, Matt Hardy made a, a podcast interview about this recently, thinking that ROH will be like their somewhat version of a, like kind of like NXT developmental program and I, I don't know if that's the case but I do know that they will have their own um, TV uh, our TV that it's also run by Warner Media <coughs> uh, which I'm all for it I'm not gonna lie about that so I'm kind of excited now recently on AEW Dark they made reference to Josh Woods who made his appearance and who if you guys know this or not he is the current your champion he was in a match he won and of course he's excited that ring of honor is coming back but uh, like i said i don't know if any of those wrestlers who were last contracted by ring of honor are gonna come back now it's still unclear by that by tony khan but until i find more information that is still an open question right now so that's pretty much it what i got for the ring of honor so let's move on to the next subject which is an interesting match I definitely got to talk about. As you know, this coming Saturday, I believe, we're going to have the NWA World Championship title on the line at the Crockett Cup. It's going to be Nick Aldis as the challenger taking on the newly crowned champion, Matt Cardona. Now, let's talk about Matt Cardona. Why is he the, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion? 
He comes, he comes into NWA claiming that he's there to save it. He's saying that there's a difference between being nostalgic and living in the past. He thinks that the NWA needs to change. Now, if you guys ever seen the recent NWA product, there's no open, there's no theme music. He thinks that this is bullshit. You guys need to do this. Like he wants the NWA to fall into his image. Now, Billy Corgan mentioned this on Power Search yesterday that, of course, it doesn't need to be saving. Even Velvet Sky agrees. It. Why would it need saving? You just are not in it. But this is the most interesting part. Matt Hardy said the one words that pissed off Nick Aldis. He is saying he's doing this in the name of Harley Race. Nick Aldis took offense to that. He did. If you know Nick Aldis' history, I'll tell you. Nick Aldis actually was under the wing of Harley Race. You know? And that kind of puts it in a way where he calls into question where why you like how dare you speak the name Harley Race? You never even know him. And that's kind of like saying, and he tells him, You're not a champion, you're a clown. You're a clown, and I'm here to save the NWA from you. And he's like, no, I'm here to save the NWA because you are living in the past. So he's pissed off. But now Matt Cardona goes out saying, like, you ruined my moment. You are the reason this is happening. You know, I don't think Nick Aldis gives a shit. The problem is he, he looks at Matt Cardona. You come to this place and invade saying that the NWA needs saving because you don't like what it's happening. You know, and that's that's kind of puts it in a way. And he thinks that he, Matt Cardona goes out saying, I am the NWA world champion forever. So, but he did state it. I want a special referee. He thinks that things will fall into his favor. Now, prior before this interview that was put on the power surge, they already announced who will be the special guest referee. And that is none other than Double J, Jeff Jarrett. He will play. Now, this is one of my predictions I'm worried about. Will Jeff Jarrett accept Matt Cardona as changing the ways of NWA, or will he stick to Nick Aldis? Now, if you guys know this or not, Nick Aldis, uh, Jeff Jarrett was in Nick Aldis' side when he was in a match against Cody Rhodes, and that kind of puts it in a questionable thing. Now, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know, but right now, Matt Cardona is demanding things to happen. In the NWA, he even demanded his team, the Cardonas, consistent of that big dumb brute, Mike Knox, and VSK to be part of the Crockett Cup tournament. So he's now demanding. I wouldn't be surprised if he's saying, I want music to be played every single time for everybody's entrance. That's going to cause a problem. I mean, look, you're the champion, you're the leader, but you cannot demand the company what it needs to be said. He's like trying to tell them what to do. You know, and it's that's the same thing that's going on with Warrior Wrestling, dealing with that clown, uh, Frank the Clown. But I don't know. But we'll see what happens. I'm excited for that match because it tells a good story, and I can't wait to see it. Now, our next and um, story. This one was also recent. Took place yesterday on the on the fifteenth. Killer Cross, as you guys may have heard, he's been a free agent. 
He recently, this past weekend, made his debut with Warrior Wrestling, taking on I am Jake something. Yes, and but that's not the point, folks. He just made his announcement on April 1st. He is heading to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he just announced his opponent. His opponent that he wants to challenge is none other than Murder Grandpa himself. The King Minoru Suzuki. Now, some of you are like saying, holy shit. Yes, Killer Cross wants Minoru Suzuki. I'm like, now that is a money-making match right there, folks. I definitely would love to see it. These guys, it, they're going to lit the whole match on fire. I'm just excited for it. I'm just, I, I hadn't even heard what Minoru Suzuki had to say about this. I mean, I'm sure he's looking forward to it. <laughs> but I'm just so happy about this. I have to say I'm very, very happy with the match. I can't wait when that happens. Now, our final discussion. Let's talk about Queen's Quest. Now, I mentioned this before. Last year in uh, Queen's Quest during the Osaka Super Wars, Queen's Quest were betrayed by their leader, Momo Wananabe. As you know, Momo Wananabe ended up joining Oda Tai. You know, it put, broke Queen's Quest spirit. Ina, who was out for a while because of her uh, entrance exams, uh, hasn't been seen. Basically, the remaining members, um, Saya Kamitani, Utami Hayashida, and Azumi, had to hold the fort. They can barely hold on knowing they are dealing with a group of women who hates everything. Uh, early this year, during the awards, um, they were in a match, which Azumi made the pinfall to beat Odatai. However, Odatai began to attack them. But Queen Quest actually received... An, unlike, an unusual help that was Lady C and Lady C wanted to join Queen's Quest and I have to say she is now building momentum for Queen's Quest uh, recently she had challenge for the future belt which she came up short and she did pull off some good matches in, in tag team and then of course she and along with Sayakami Tani and Utami challenged for the artist championships and they also came up short but recently on March 11th, um, they just gained a new member coming out of the, the Stardom Dojo. Uh, her name is Miyu Amasaki. Now, I don't know much about her, but I heard that she was one of the latest students that came out of the dojo. Now, why is that important? You see, once you get out of the dojo, that's when a lot of discussions comes around about which unit they will be joining. Now, Miyu Amasaki was going to appear in one of the newer type of events called Blood, New Blood 1, where wrestlers who have only two to three years of experience in the ring, and that includes Mayu Amasaki. And basically, 
her opponent that she chose was a very unusual one for me. Her opponent she picked was the former World of Stardom champion, Utami Hayashishida. And, of course, Hi uh, Utami accepted her, her match. And it was a good one. But it's later been revealed that um, Miyu Amasaki was being trained by none other than Azumi, who is, of course, a member of Queen's Quest. And I have to say, Amasaki did pretty good. She did some amazing moves. She really could hang with someone like Utami. And unfortunately, she came up short. But however, Utami was impressed by her. And Utami offered her an opportunity to join Queen's Quest. And Amasaki said yes. So now we have a new member. I have to say that Queen's Quest are growing. But however, what does the former leader, now the most devious person in Oda Tai, think of this? Momo Wananabe. Her goal is now is to see Queen's Quest to be dead. Like, to die completely. There is no way in hell she's going to allow them to gain momentum. Now, Queen's Quest and Oda Tai are two of the oldest factions in all of stardom. I mean, there is history amongst those teams. Even if they weren't part of the original group. That is what tells the story. But it continues on. It's like a forever rivalry between these two factions. And I don't know. Right now we're seeing a new type of war between the Cosmic Angels and DDM. The reason is these two factions are, in fact, outsiders. Groups that are not even born were actually homegrown stardom. The only ones that are is, in fact, Stars, um, Queen's Quest, and Odatai. But I have to say, having Miyu Masaki it could raise a lot of good momentum for them. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes for the future belt as well. I'm sure Lady C wouldn't mind. I'm sure she has that in mind. But Amasaki has a lot to learn. And that is what I believe is going to happen right now for her. So uh, we'll be paying attention to her more often and see what's going on in stardom. So I hope everybody enjoys this episode because, you know, I know I did. I have a lot to talk about. I know... The news updates are is new, but it is. So right now, like I said before, um, I'm still currently debating whether to move my to have this on um, on Wednesday from now on. It's still unclear for me, but I'll let everybody know. Maybe either Wednesday, but if I do it on Monday, good for me. Then that put my ass. Or should I go back to doing the old ways, doing maybe two podcasts? Uh, um, you know. A week, I don't know. Two times a week, I don't know for sure. But we'll see how that goes because right now I, I have tons of stuff I need to pull out. But uh, I think that's pretty much it. So I'll see you guys later. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah! And have a nice day. Bang!